0: So hello and welcome to the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast, I am Mayor Greg Fisher. When I was inaugurated almost 12 years ago now, I said there are going to be three big values for the city, an even healthier city, a more compassionate city, and a city of lifelong learning. Because any city that you go to that's growing, you see lifelong learning is embedded in that city. It might be formal education, informal education, entrepreneurship, but people are learning each and every time. And in the mayor's office, the source of most all the problems that we see is poverty. And what's the number one disruptor of poverty? And education. So we've been focused on day one of trying to expand educational opportunities in our community. And unfortunately, there's been a broad community support and leadership behind that as well. Before I was elected mayor under the Abramson administration in the last year, an initiative called 55,000 Degrees was launched to get 55,000 more college degrees in the community. And then what we evolved that to was cradle to career because we saw it's more than just college degrees it's starting out when kids are at their very youngest years. And as we looked at that, we said, aha, the barrier to a child advancing in each one of these stages is in fact poverty. So that's led to the Evolve 502 initiative and the promised scholarships that are available in that uh, initiative. So I'm really pleased today to be joined by Marlon Cole. Marlon Cole is the executive director of Evolve 502. To talk about Evolve 502, because we want to make sure everybody in the community understands that a post-secondary scholarship is available tuition-free to every JCPS graduate for JCTC Jefferson here in Louisville or Simmons, College or any other Kentucky Community Technical College campus as well. So Marlon, this obviously is huge in life transforming. So you joined Evolve 502 as our first executive director about four years ago. So start with what is Evolve 502?
1: Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for your leadership in this space. Uh, Evolve 502 is really a public-private partnership based here again in our community that is focused on growing the educational attainment Uh, and we again as you just talked about the work of cradle to career and 55,000 degrees the lessons learned from that work really identified that cost or the perception of cost was a major barrier for young people pursuing a post-secondary education and so we knew we had to do something about that to move the needle even further Um, And then also, as you alluded to, just working with young people from the K through 12 space, understanding that kids come to school able to learn, but have many barriers that impact that learning. They're living in poverty. Uh, They're not home secured. Uh, They don't possibly have the support at home uh, to really guide them through the process. And so we also knew we had to do something about that piece of the work. Uh, and really identifying, as you know, those are community issues that really need community solutions. And so being able to, com- to convene community around that was another big piece. And so the Evolve 502 initiative was born um, out of those lessons learned and are kind of that next iteration of the work moving forward.
0: So hundreds of meetings went into the ultimate success of Evolve 502 over the years. Mary Gwen Wheeler, one of our early uh, pioneers, architect of this work, Tori Martin McClure served as board chair through that time as well. You came on as executive director. I was the chair for quite some time. So a lot went into figuring this all out. So we started with 55,000 degrees and I mentioned earlier about a, a college degree, incremental or additional attainment in the community so we could move into the top category of our peer cities. But we found that wasn't enough just to focus on college. So we expanded cradle a career. And people hear that, they say, what is it? Well, it was a four-part system. So the first one is early care and pre-K for our youngest students, then K to 12, and then post-secondary, and then lifelong careers, you know, fulfilling careers. We found that poverty was the impediment along each and every one of those stages. So talk to us a little bit about how we got to this concept of Evolve 502.
1: Well, as you mentioned, understanding all of those different dynamics and we looked around the country at different models and different what different cities were doing Um, again with your leadership that helped us identify a group called Harvard by all means as an effort out of the School of Education at Harvard um, that was focusing and working with other orgs that were also trying to get into the space and do that work. Uh, And then we also learned from an organization called Say Yes to Education that was providing scholarship support um, as well as wraparound support. Um, And so we explored that Say Yes to Education model um, to see if that would fit for Louisville. And we had, as you mentioned, so many people around the table working hard, Mary Gwynn leading that effort and others to push forward on that. Um, Identified though the Uh, When you compared us to some of the other cities that Say Yes was working in, our school district is much larger. It's, I think, one of the, I think it's the 24th largest in the community with over 100,000 students. students. Um, And so the number itself of kids that we were talking about versus what they were talking about in some of their communities was vastly different. Um, And also the cost of going to college. Uh, in our community uh, because of some divestment that has happened over the years in higher education The cost was going to be astronomical for us to be a say-yes city uh, And I know you brought groups around the table and had some conversations about is this really I think it was a 400 million dollar number that was thrown out um, But to the you know the credit of those you had around the table Mary Nixon as well Mary Gwen Wheeler and others they said well, we've come this far What can we do? And what is the right amount for us to raise in this community to support something like that? And so the decision was made to focus on community college for all JCPS students that would be eligible for that. And to look at, you know, how do we do that wraparound piece in our context here locally? And so that number whittled down to a $50 million number, uh, and we felt like that was something that we could really tackle and was in our reach in this community to to, um, achieve.
0: Well, and at the end of this year, 2020, or sorry, end of next year, 2023, we'll have raised close to $30 million. Uh, So now every child at JCPS from sixth grade on has this Promise Scholarship, so life-changing.
1: Right, right, life-changing, definitely, definitely. Um, And so, and that, and you know, and we knew we sort of put a stake in the ground and said, okay, we think this is important. We believe the community will rally around it. But to your point, there's been a lot of work done, many many years ahead, and we had to really have a proof of concept for people to just say, yes, this is really going to happen in our community, and we're we're behind it. And so we launched our scholarship in 2021. Actually, I think August of 2020, we made the public announcement uh, with a few gifts in at that time and a wonderful challenge grant from the CENS foundation to really push us forward. Um, And we put the stake in the ground and said, we're going to do this. And so we made the promise to that first class. Um, They started uh, in the fall of 2021. And to your point now, we are, we are moving forward and and tipping down into uh, middle school to be able to make that promise available to kids. I, I was
0: really proud of our team because at some point you guys say, okay, we're, we're going to go now. We're not perfect. We don't have all this figured out, but we've got to make this commitment to our kids. And then that helped rally the funders in the community. An important part of that was the people that we had on the board to help pull all this together. JCPS, Dr. Polio and his team were right there. JCTC, Brent McKim, their teachers union was important that they were behind this as well. Talk about some of the other board participants and why it was important to have them at the table.
1: Yes, again, I think when we think about this being a really, this is a community issue that we're trying to solve, and it really meant that we had to have the partnership of everyone in the community around this. And so from social service organizations like our Metro United Way and the Urban League standing behind this, um, and other organizations out of school time providers and groups like that, but having uh, foundation leaders, Um, on our board and all the major foundations in our community was critically important. Having the mayor always have a seat, the superintendent to always have a seat. It was important to have everyone around the table so that we could collectively talk about what are the issues, what are the barriers, and how do we work together to uh, address those.
0: Our key employers obviously important because what this needed to be was a way to fulfill the workforce needs that we had in our community. So Michael Gritton, Kentucky Anna Works, translating that for a lot of us some of our mayor employer participation because we wanted to pull from the workforce on the degrees and the credentials so kids could say there's going to be a result of what i'm going to get here so that was an incredible force as well and then foundation support uh james graham brown foundation our largest foundation in town mason rummel their chief executive from day one of 55k cradle to career of all 502 just said i am going to be here and her personal investment and then the foundations that she rallied behind this, of course, were really instrumental in making this a success.
1: Definitely, definitely. And it's just been so exciting for me and rewarding to see that folks have been around this table for so long, around this effort, that continue to show up, that continue to challenge us um, and push forward and really give their support for this effort and we couldn't do it without any, with all of those folks.
0: So you hear this, you know, okay, post-secondary degree. Mm for years, I'm like confused. What is a post Is that a PhD or what exactly is it and does it have to be a degree to break poverty or can it be a credential, a certificate? What's all this mean?
1: Right, right. And that's a very good question. We get that asked all the time. We also get the question, well, does everybody need to go to college? Um, but any level of education we feel is critically important after high school to gain. Um, and that's what post-secondary really means, any level of education. So that can be a workforce credential that can get you into a uh, trade, for example, um, or an associate's degree, um, and or it can be a pathway to a four-year degree. But we really push, we know that only 18% of jobs uh, with, uh, for young people with a high school degree only, um, only 18% will provide for a family supporting wage. And so if you are really gonna grow beyond that and be able to be successful, reach your full potential, you need some level of education past high school. And so we are fortunate with the community college system that we are working with, the KCTCS system, there are so many opportunities for young people. Um, They can go into advanced manufacturing, uh, they can go into construction, and there's trades around welding and plumbing and those kinds of trades that pay very good money, uh, but require some level of certification. Uh, I think it's nice, a connection to the Academies of Louisville work, you mentioned Michael Gritton and JCPS, um, for students that maybe started a certificate while they were in high school and just need some additional training they can use our scholarship opportunity to pursue that. And because of a wonderful relationship with the University of Louisville um, that came on board initially with our first class and now has extended this agreement through the class of 2026, our lowest income students, if they go to any of the Kentucky community and technical colleges, as we talked about, like Jefferson and or Simmons College of Kentucky, and receive their associate's degree, they can then transfer to the University of Louisville and U L will pick them up for two more years. So that's a critical pathway for our lowest income students to pursue a four year degree. Um, and I say, you know, when people say, well, everyone doesn't need a four year degree. And I say, that may be true, but we all individually need to choose that for ourselves. And it shouldn't be dictated just because of the zip code that we live in and our family circumstances and how well or not well we did in school. Everyone can learn and everyone deserves that opportunity.
0: Uh, Well said. It it makes me so happy now when I'm talking to a mom. It's usually a mom, and they're talking about what their kids are going to do after high school. I said, you know, do you know about Evolve 502? Since it's just still relatively young, not everybody knows about it. And I explain it, the look on their faces, and I don't know if you've (laughs) seen this (laughs) as well. They're like, okay, so you're telling me all along I thought I couldn't send my kids to college, but I can do it now? I said, yeah, you can do that, and there's no cost to it. And so it just relieves the burden that people are feeling in terms of what the future of their kids are. Because we know people may say, well, my kid's not college material. My kid's not this, my kid's not that. Well, first off, don't put those expectations on your kid. Let them choose, as you said, Mm -hmm. because only one in five in a high school degree, to your point, 18%, Mm -hmm. are going to be able to support a family if they don't have some kind of extra credential or a degree exactly you can get a credential in plumbing as an electrician or whatever you're Mm -hmm. gonna make over 100 grand a year Mm -hmm. okay but you gotta have a plan right and this helps you with all that now right we talk about wraparound services as well Mm -hmm. because maybe it's easy for us to sit here and say okay the path is to go from here to there to there but life gets in the way of a lot of kids so what are wraparound services why are they important
1: Well, it's important to your point, you know, families like our families, we knew what to do for our children. We had connections and relationships. We knew the tutoring programs to get them into. We could afford to pay for those things. And even the brightest of kids get extra support and help in those kinds of areas at all times. And so we really wanted to think about, so what happens to a family who, one, has not had anyone in the family to ever go to college? Um, doesn't have the support at home, doesn't have the the social connections to be able to to connect to folks that can help them, how do they navigate this system? Kids that may have a learning disability that goes unnoticed for a period of time, all of those issues impact a kid's ability to learn. And so we really wanted to rally and convene ways to help support kids um, with whatever it is their needs might be to help them achieve that success and be able to follow that pathway through post-secondary. And so in in both ways with our scholarship kids and our kids from kind of K through 12, we have been working since the pandemic in in support of wraparound supports for young people. Um, When the pandemic hit, as you know, schools closed, the city shut down uh, and we had to really think about how do we now do this? We had some ideas in play that we were going to implement at that time frame and we had to kind of start over and say, what do we do now? But because we had been talking to and working with out of school time providers that play a critical role in our community of supporting young people, churches and other organizations that were able to stay open during the pandemic but needed some additional help and support. So we said, well, what do you need to be able to continue to support kids? Well, they needed PPE supplies and cleaning supplies and masks to stay safe. Um, They needed food services because they're used to taking care of kids in the afternoon after school, not all day. Um, they needed educational supports because many of those folks did not have teachers coming in or anyone with that that skill set to be able to help kids with nti and that sort of thing and so we could we lifted up those issues in community we had a rapid response team that met weekly. Members of your staff were on that team. Dr. Polio was on the team. Uh, We met weekly for over a year to figure out how do we help support kids. And so we were able to get resources from Louisville Metro government, from the health department to help with a lot of the PPE and other supplies. We were able to help with, Um, technology support. We were able to bring in substitute teachers because school was still in session, although it was being held virtually. uh, And we're able to put those into these sites that were already serving young people and be able to help them. And we kind of have labeled that work kind of community learning hub work. And so we continue to lean into that. And we think whatever other interventions we may come up with, that is a a real solid way to disperse them in community because these are groups that have those trusted relationships with families and young people. Um, And rather than us recreating the wheel, we can take the resources to where young people are. And so that's really led to um, some after-school tutoring that we continue to do around reading, which is critically important. Um, and then we're also working very collectively with JCPS on their summer efforts. And we've been able to really expand the offerings available to young people um, through this community learning hub model.
0: That was another moment of truth, I think for Evolve 502. Mm-hmm. You know, one was launching the scholarship, planting the flag. And the second was when the pandemic came mm-hmm. and our kids needed so much help and Evolve 502 really amplified that learning hub work that we knew was going to be important in terms of wraparound services, but that Mm -hmm. was no longer tomorrow, it was now right and so you all really rose to that occasion i think really enhanced the credibility mm-hmm. of evolve 502 in the community
1: yes and you know i think it's important to note we would not have been able to be that successful had we not had the infrastructure in place we already had the partners around the table and the community saying we're going to work in this together and so it was just a natural progression of the work um, so and we're i love the way that.
0: that you know evolve 502 kind of is an inter- intermediary that people said it exists mm-hmm. let's leverage it and Evolve 502 team really rose to the occasion. Mm-hmm. So as we close here, let's go back mm-hmm. to the scholarships. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, all this sounds good, but is it working? <laughs> are, are any kids taking advantage of this?
1: It is, and you know, again, when we think about when we started with that class of 2021, they were only in person in school for about two weeks their whole senior year. And so it was a challenge to get in front of young people, to spread the word. We were new um, and to really uh, build that awareness. Um, But even with that, uh, the team worked very hard to do things virtually. They did do things in person when they could to reach out and connect with young people. And so for that first class, we had over 600 students uh, between Jefferson and Simmons. Um, take advantage of the opportunity. And we were thrilled with that, uh, with all the kids had dealt with after the pandemic. Um, and we worked with them and through that process. So we were very excited about that. Uh, we had about 77% uh, retention from that fall semester to the spring semester, which is huge.
0: Which is extraordinary. It's extraordinary. A, a community um, Technical College.
1: Definitely, definitely. So we we're excited about that. So we are, are waiting, we start launched the, the class, the second class just this fall. We are waiting to get final numbers, but the numbers are appearing to look very similar to what they were in 2021. So we're excited about that. So young people are taking advantage of it. We want more to do so. Uh, We're trying now to even connect with the students that might have applied and didn't enroll. Where did they go? Our hope is they went somewhere uh, because, again, we're very much about if you've got other plans and, you know, you're going to a four year institution and you've got it all worked out. Wonderful. But fill out the application just in case life happens and something occurs and you can't afford, and we have had that happen. We've had students saying, I have my plan and I'm going, and at the last minute, something fell through and they couldn't. So they would come and take advantage of our scholarship. Uh, But we want to understand that piece a lot better. Kids that aren't taking advantage, where are they going? What are they doing? And how can we connect with them um, better moving forward? But we've been thrilled with the outreach and the kids that are taking advantage, we're hearing many of them say, this wouldn't have been possible without Um, This scholarship opportunity, it took off a lot of worry. Um, And it's not just the scholarship, we're also wanting to do a lot to help them retain. And again, working with our partners in that space, You know, what are the things that we need to do moving forward to ensure that they continue to get those supports um, to help them along the way and guide them through this process.
0: And one of the supports is financial, right? I mean, if you're, let's say enrolled at Jefferson and, and your car breaks down or life gets in the way somehow Usually what would happen in the past is people would say, well, I can't pay, I got to drop out. Right. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes,
1: and um, particularly for our lowest income students who might be full Pell eligible and get full tuition covered, we're offering what we're calling an opportunity grant for those students with a, a family income level of 40000 or less they can use that opportunity grant for those very things, those other costs of going to college. And so they can receive $1,000 per semester for that use. And we're gonna track and see, is that enough? Is that working Uh, with our students to uh, to help them? If the car, like you said, the car breaks down, I can't get to class, I need to... We had one student tell us um, she had a computer issue and um, approached one of our student success coordinators about that, we learned she was homeless didn't think to bring that up and raise her hand that I need help with that, but we were able to help her get services and resources because of that. So it's all of those things that are critically important to ensure that young people can persist.
0: Yeah. So here we are. Uh, We're about, not quite halfway through the school year right now, but let's say I'm graduating in 2023. I'm a senior. Doss High School. Mm -hmm. How should I be thinking about Evolve 502 right now? What do I need to do?
1: Yes, thank you for that question. We just launched the application for the class of 2023 this week, October the 4th. Um, We will have our student success team. They're already setting up meetings and we'll be physically going into all of the high schools and finding time to meet with students in groups as well as individually as they need that. Uh, But they can go to our website um, at evolve502.org and the application is there they can apply it takes less than five minutes to fill the application out Um, as it relates to requirements it's for you know the minimal requirements for students we want you to obviously you need to graduate from a jcps school we want you to be in high school in jcps for all four years but we understand that kids have the issues life comes up that causes families and kids to have to move. And so we encourage all students, even if they've not been in for four years to apply. Uh, And then we have an appeal process that they can go through and we can talk about that. Uh, We also have requirements or availability for students that may decide to go into the military first um, and or students that get their GED within 12 months of their original high school graduation date. Um, And then you just need to be a resident of Kentucky and that's it. There's no grade requirement. There's no need requirement. Um, And we did that purposely. We make this available to all because we know that message of all resonates with those students that, our first generation, low income, underrepresented minorities that need this support the most. And so um, we're excited about the future and look forward to, to working with our young people.
0: Well, thanks, Marlon, for your tremendous work and the great work of the whole Evolve 502 team.
1: Thank you for your leadership. We so much appreciate it. And the support of the city, we didn't even talk about yeah. the major grant that you all are, uh, the challenge grant that is in play right now. If we, when we raise 3 million, you will come in with another 3 million and we're so very grateful for your support and that of Metro Council.
0: Well, and the Evolve 502 community did a good job advocating for the support to the mm-hmm. Metro Council. They mm-hmm. need to know it's important. You know, I propose the budget, but they right. have to approve it as the exactly. legislature branch there and so it's good to see them as partners in this teamwork. It's as well it's very much so
1: and, and we and we want them to help us get the word out we want to come to their communities and so we'll yeah. be talking more about that to get the word out and talk to their families wherever we can so yeah. we're so grateful for that support
0: well it's just amazing to see how all this has happened from basically a noble goal some 12 years ago with 55,000 degrees to now helping hundreds and thousands of kids in the community and therefore their families Get that post-secondary degree or certificate or a credential that's going to change their lives. And so that's good work on any day. But it really has been wonderful to see the public sector, the private sector come together for the benefit of our most important asset. And of course, that's our kids. So thanks for joining us today, I'm Mayor Greg Fisher. Appreciate you being part of this podcast.